Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast. And my special guest today is another living legend. I get all these living legends on this show. Usually legends, uh, they die. <laughs> but this guy's still alive. And he is really just uh, a special person. I'm excited to talk with him today. It's been a while. I think we've talked since the pandemic. And this guy has a list of accolades. You know, um, a master at Taekwondo. He's an equipment inventor, multiple pieces of equipment he's invented that are really have transformed the fitness industry. He's also fit over 50, man. A lot of people listening uh, know how challenging that is over 30, over 40, over 50. That's uh, a next level type of thing. So we'll talk about that today. He's also an expert with golf training and uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll talk shop today. Pete, welcome to the show, man. Man. Pete Holman, by the way, his name is Pete Holman. <laughs> So good to talk to you again, BJ. I'm psyched to be here. Um, hopefully, uh, drop some knowledge and open some eyes and inspire some people to do what we do and, and, and live a life of health, wellness, and vitality. You know what, man? Like, I had you on the show a long time ago, and let's just consider this the first time you're on because, you know, as you know, <laughs> there's various iterations of all the things that we do, and I'm sure the audio wasn't as good, but, you know, ultimately, I first met you. It was a really strange encounter. I actually traveled to San Francisco where the TRX headquarters were. And I was trying to like network. And this is back in the day when Uncle Baby Biscuits, as I call myself now at this tender age, uh, used to get out there and meet people. And obviously, I, I, the pandemic basically took what was already kind of a introverted hermetic lifestyle to now like I, I do not leave the shell of my home. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I did go, I did used to do it. So, uh, you know, when you're younger, you do definitely do more of that stuff. And uh, I was talking to Randy Hetrick, the creator of the TRX and uh, various, uh, like Chris Frankel was there. Just, I was meeting everybody there. And all of a sudden I saw you come in the room and this was basically like the beginning or the origin story of the TRX rip trainer. You guys were just in discussions where I just came to uh, an agreement to, to acquire what you created as the rip trainer to bring onto the TRX equipment line. And then you, you like, dude, dude like, I, I, I mean this genuinely. I see a lot of people, I've met people over, over the years and some people have it, some people don't. And it doesn't always translate online. Like you really need a team to translate uh, the type of personality you have, which is uh, charismatic, magnetic. You have an energy about you. Uh, the moment you stepped in the room, that presence, I felt it. And you took time out of your busy day uh, to kind of show me like some of the moves. And uh, it was really cool, man. Like, and uh, you know, a lot of things have evolved since then, but you know, I, I do mean it when I say that, like, you do have something special beyond just your knowledge, your experience, mm -hmm. your wisdom, your creativity, but um, your personality in person is different. And uh, it, it, that kind of popped out for me, uh, just immediately meeting you. And I've heard people say that about me. Um, and again, it's difficult to get that to translate online. Um, but I wanted to share that story as in, this is how I met this guy literally on the verge of what was this game changing opportunity for you. People, mm. everyone, everyone in fitness knows this piece of equipment and we'll talk about other things you've made coming forward. But I just want to, do you remember this encounter we had? 100%. And I guess it takes one to know one, right? Cause you, you stood out to me as a guy like, I need to talk to this guy. I need to meet this guy. He, you had some special stuff going on. You were, I could tell you were an entrepreneur 
And what what stood out to me about you, and I think this is why great minds think alike, especially in this industry, is that it's your why. You know, if you've ever heard the Simon Sinek talk uh, about the golden circle and finding your why, he's he's a famous TED talker and kind of a CEO whisperer. So for those of you that are listening, if you've not heard the Simon Sinek TED talk, finding your why, you got to watch this. Um, but it's all about why, do you, what's your passion? What's your purpose? What's your goal in life? And and for folks like you and I, um, I know you have a story. Uh, you had struggled with your health and your wellness when you were young. You were, uh, let's call it grossly overweight. You had some serious health issues that you were, were, were pending. Um, I struggled with being bullied in middle school, and that really fundamentally impacted my life. Um, you know, as you're trying to become a man and, and, and come into adolescence as, and, and all these figures that you see like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these powerful men in your life, you know, realizing you're not that. And that's a, that's a humbling feeling for, uh, for somebody that wants to become a man and, and fulfill their potential. Um, and it translates into what your why is. I don't want anybody else to, to suffer and feel less than and, and have low self-esteem and struggle with their health and their, and, and their physical aptitude. And, and so I saw that in you, and I think that's why we, you know, clicked right away. Well, you know, we're also like we we did this the right way, right? In the trenches, training people. Uh, obviously, you're a physical therapist, um, you know, and, and I want to get more into like the accolades and origin story, too, just so that they can. Uh, I want to make sure I properly uh, list all the titles that you've got because, you know, um, in and out of the gym, like, like, that's what I'm saying, man. Like there's a lot of minds in the fitness game. There's a lot of bodies in the fitness game. Mm. Not a lot of people can combine the two. Um, so that always stood out to me with you before we get into that. And this is a way to kind of like, you know, establish the elephant in the room, our general age in this industry. <laughs> Did you see the new release of threads? I have. I mean, I have not signed up yet. And people keep asking me I'm like, oh, my gosh, can I handle another app right now? But, I mean, maybe you can convince me. Let me know. Well, I mean, look, my, my initial reaction yesterday was. What the fuck? Another <laughs> place I have to post to every day. Now there's six. We've right. got I no longer do the Twitter. Twitter I'm done with. Uh, but, you know, we got what is it? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Threads. Not Some to mention LinkedIn. Well, well, there's LinkedIn. Yeah, people do LinkedIn too. And then if you have an email newsletter, I've got multiple. Uh, <laughs> I've got an app that I've got to communicate with to people. I mean, dude, it, it gets overwhelming. Um, the one thing I will say about it, having jumped into it, um, it does look like possibly a better version of the current iteration of Twitter. Okay. And at least Instagram seems to be helping people. Like if you just activate it, you should instantly get people from Instagram to come and follow you over there. And, you know, again, it, it's, it is that kind of initially what Twitter was, which is a stream of consciousness. Right. So, um, and for, I mean, I think maybe for an uh, older practitioner too, you can just drop some thoughts. It doesn't take like a whole big production like it does now on, you know, TikTok. But even TikTok a couple of years ago, man, like when that, I was praying, I actually put it in my prayer list. Um, <laughs> to like when they were looking at like uh, abolishing TikTok in the U.S. just just to save me the time <laughs> yeah. having to go on there. Though I will say their video editor is so good, and you can um, I, I do most of my like shorts, reels, all the posts I put most mainly on social media that aren't widescreen long form. 
I actually edit within TikTok and then I use something called Save Tick, which removes okay. the watermark. And it just allows me to put it everywhere, um, have really good quality, add the text, the voiceover, whatever sounds you want. But um, yeah, threads. Now we got to now we got to do threads, Pete. Man, man, I, you know, I, I don't know. The funny thing is it, you jumped into TikTok and I'll tell you. So I've got a 16 year old daughter. We're talking about age. I've got, you know, I'm at the point where I've got a 16 year old daughter. I can't believe it. And she's wow, on man. TikTok. And I'm telling you, and she's on a competitive volleyball, like a traveling volleyball club team. And so she'll hear things and say things that are on TikTok and they're kind of in the viral stage. And I mean, everybody knows what can finish her sentence. And so I I don't know what it is about TikTok, but it it disseminates, you know, information unlike any platform I've ever seen um, in my life. So you know, maybe threads is going to be like this. And I don't know, maybe I, I don't wait, I jump in there, but I got to give it a couple days to like ruminate and, and percolate and see if I can muster it. You got to get in early, man. That's the, that's the only tip I'll give you today. Right. Get in early. Uh, it, 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 at least get it up. I mean, it, it doesn't take long to just activate it, but um, you know, it, it's the way All this right. stuff works. It's, it's only a competitive advantage for the first couple months or years. And then everyone's using it. And then, no one sees anything you're doing. That's that's why um, I appreciate you so much, BJ, because you're a wealth of knowledge. And if you're telling me to do it, guess what? I'm on it. Today it's happening. So follow me on threads. <laughs> there you go, bro. And I'll, I'll pop in links. Um, I'll pop in your threads link. You have to activate it, though. Okay, I will. Yeah. Uh, no, but so, I, you know, I bring that up because, again, like, you know, the only way we can reach people now are through these mediums. And it used to be that we had to like be good enough or worthy enough or networked enough, connected enough to like get on these big publishing brands, whether it be men's health or men's journal or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, big bodybuilding.com was a big one over the years. Right. But um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, like you, you got the rip trainer and now you're, you're, you've shifted it into as a, as a mainly a golf product. You've rebranded it um, mm-hmm. without getting into too many details. They're like, talk about just as an inventor making that product, it's evolution. And now where you've taken it now to be a golf specific product. Yeah. So for folks that are listening that maybe aren't familiar with rotational training devices, I, back in the day in like 2008, I was training an X games athlete up in Aspen and he was a snow cross racer. His name was Mike Schultz. And snow crosses, you know, you're on a snowmobile and you're taking 50 mile an hour turn, you know, bank turns, 90 foot gap jumps. It's just a crazy sport, takes a tremendous amount of core strength. And I was trying, you know, so I was doing all these chop and lift patterns with the guy, um, rotational training with medicine balls, all the traditional stuff. But I wanted something different. I wanted an X factor. And I was laying in my bed one day and I looked up at my closet rod and I said, man, that looks like a snowmobile handle. And I had this like spark of inspiration and I got up, I threw all my clothes off the clothes rack, got the dowel, you know, it's like a wooden dowel. It's maybe four feet long, got the dowel out, put a little eye bolt in one end, attached a sport cord to it, attached the other end of the sport cord to a ski rack in my garage. And I started kind of getting in a snowmobile position and steering this asymmetrical bar around under tension, under load. Um, and then I started pushing and pulling. And then because of my martial arts background, I started like, striking like I was a ninja. And after 10 minutes, I was sweating head to toe. My core was lit up. I could feel every muscle in my body tense, but not like overly 
pumped, right? So I just, I felt performance wise, I was on point. And I said, man, this is it. And I took it to this guy, Mike Schultz, and I started training him on this device. I had no clue what I was doing, but I did understand rotational training. So I just applied all those chop and lift patterns and then started layering in dynamic speed and rotational uh, power and force production. And after two weeks, he he uh, competed in the X Games, podiumed, by the way. I'm not saying it was because me, but I'm pretty confident it was. And and he said, Pete, I, where do I get one of these you know dowel training devices? And it was then I said, oh, um, okay. And I gave him mine. And then I said, I guess there's a need for this. And I started producing. My first company was called the Core 10 Trainer. And then I created the Ripcore FX. And then TRX, which is a functional training company based out of San Francisco, California. They acquired my product. I became the fit. And then it was called the TRX Rip Trainer. And so, I mean, at one point, or not at one point, to this day, we know Steph Curry and Drew Brees and Lindsey Vaughn, professional ski racer, retired ski racer, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Bryce Harper. I mean, sp- uh, from every sport started using this device. Um, flash forward, I don't know, a decade or so. Um, I, you know, TRX, all good things must come to an end, right? And so um, I had a monster salary at TRX. They got a new venture capital group in and they said, hey, Pete, we got to let you go, which was like eviscerated me. I'd never been fired from a job in my life. And, and TRX let me go. Um, and, you know, so after I kind of regrouped and recovered a couple of years later, I was doing some programming for a company called Golf Forever. And Golf Forever is a an app that golfers can get on and it helps with not just their performance, so how to improve their rotational power and distance off the tee, but how to be more durable, more robust as you age. Most golfers are, you know, aging, trying to age gracefully and they want to play at a high level. So it was all about not just performance, but durability. And I'm great, you know, as an athletic trainer, strength coach at, at programming performance and durability. And uh, to wrap this story up, the golf forever CEO said, Pete, we should use the rip trainer in some of our golf pro- programming. And jokingly, I said, we should make our own and make it better. And we ended, that's what we ended up doing. Um, so now it's called the golf forever swing trainer. It's lighter weight. It's made of anodized aluminum. It's got these tricked out, um, almost like kiteboard surfing handles. So very tacky, very grippy. There's coaching zones in the handlebars. So now our coaches, uh, that, that program online on the app can tell you, Hey, put your hands in G one and G four. And, um, and, and it's got, comes with two sport cords. It comes with a carry bag. It's just a much better product. But the main point for all you entrepreneurs out there is sometimes you, if you've ever heard of the funnel in sales and marketing, you know, the funnel starts out really big at the top and you, it's like casting a wide net and it's very hard to get customers when you're at the top of the funnel, because, you know, you're trying to market to everybody as you narrow the funnel down at the bottom. And I'm sure you do this BJ, you've got a demographic that you appeal to as you narrow that funnel down at the bottom, you start going, Hey, there's not as many people here, but they're concentrated, they're focused, they understand our product and our services. Well, golfers understand rotational training. As soon as you show them kind of a rotational move on the swing trainer, a golfer intuitively goes, oh, that's going to help my swing. That's going to help my balance. That's going to activate my core. That's going to strengthen my back. Whereas when we were marketing at TRX, it was kind of like, hey, it's good for lacrosse. It's good for tennis. It's good for baseball. It's good for basketball. It's football. And, And then, oh yeah, you can use it to golf. And so basically you know, reinvented the same product, you know, it's kind of like you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but maybe you change the spokes a little bit 
and now you can sell a new rim and that's what we're doing. And it's really exciting. I mean, we've got the number one golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler, who's endorsing the product. Um, we're, you know, we're probably going to sell 20,000 units this year, which is, you know, that's pretty good volume for a new product. And, um, and I'm really having fun with it, uh, talking golf and, and programming golf and getting golfers to realize that you guys are athletes. If you ever watch a, a slow motion video of, let's say Rory McIlroy hit, a, hit his driver. I mean, it is like a knockout punch in boxing. I mean, it is the most violent, athletic, balanced movement you've ever seen. And yet golfers think they can just get out there and start whacking range balls without warming up, without stretching, without improving their core performance. So that's what we're trying to change. I want to unpack a handful of things there because there, there are some great stuff off of that. Number one, talking about just the force. I mean, Tiger Woods literally snap bone and ligament. Like, I mean, like, yes, that's how crazy it is. And again, when you talk about the fact that it's typically one-sided, that people aren't usually going the other way, it can create so many imbalances. So if your training around or outside of uh, the golf course isn't centered around those imbalances, uh, you know, it becomes something that used to be fun, a hobby, an outlet, recreation to like pain and nothing is fun when, when it hurts. Um, beyond that, like what always stood out to me about the rip trainer and now the, it's the, it's the golf forever swing trainer, the swing trainer. Uh, by the way, I love the green and, and I saw it actually on an ad on ESPN during ESP, uh, during NBA summer league the other day. Yeah. It was a nice tight, like 24 second ad. They were showing it in action. The app awesome. like, dude, this is, this is the next thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I do want to get into some golf, all golf specific stuff because we have people that listen that that play golf and are into fitness and and want to find a way to enhance their golf and, and that type of thing, performance, avoid injuries. But um, you know, this is the reality of it. If you could, if just keep showing up, and you know, like it was yellow, now it's green. You found <laughs> a way to make maybe go more specific with the marketing instead of trying to make it for everyone. You know, and that that's like like you know, I try to do things. Um, these are home workouts you can take to the gym, but you know, ultimately I've kind of gone the route of, let me just do home workouts mm. because there's plenty of people out there doing gym stuff. Even if home workouts aren't as sexy or appealing, especially post pandemic, because people want to get out of the house, but, but, but ultimately too, maybe I have to start making content in a gym too. What I'm trying to say is you have to constantly fine tune, tweak, test, assess, see what's going on out there. Um, in some cases you have to be willing to push people away to get the people you really need to come into the fold. Um, so I just want to congratulate you on that pivot. And I also want to just hear a little bit about, and I've talked about what it was like leaving men's health. And though, you know, I didn't get fired. I would have probably gotten fired had I stayed mm. longer than I did. I, the writing was on the wall. And, uh, but I had a big kind of depression and, and, and hit to the ego, leaving that platform and then kind of going on my own. And, you know, it was, it was relative crickets compared to, you know, when you're on a platform like that, or obviously yeah. when you're working for a company like TRX, which has educational certifications and platforms all across the world, and you have that juice behind you, and all of a sudden you're just another, you know, as I would call, I was just another chump motherfucker out there trying to break through <laughs> the noise. And it's very easy to want to quit. It really, it's very easy to get cynical and hateful and negative. And, you know, it, it's impossible not to get spells of that, but obviously, People listening, you can tell you're a positive guy. You've got a lot of energy. And uh, so what was it like for you uh, during those times? And, and what was it 
What did you tell yourself to get through it? Yeah, I mean, I, I was very hard on myself. I, I think a lot of us out there, especially folks that are watching this show or listening to this show, they're they're doers, they're they're movers, they're shakers, they're alpha males, alpha females. They want to excel in their life, they want to actualize their human potential. And when you have a loss, when you suffer a loss, I mean, it's intense and, and it's hard not to take it personal. I heard a great, great quote the other day by Michael Chandler. If if you don't know who Michael Chandler is, he's a, a UFC fighter. He's actually fighting Conor McGregor here in August. Uh, and he's on the, the ultimate fighter reality TV show now every Tuesday night. Um, but, you know, he lost a big fight to Dustin Poirier a while back. And he was being interviewed on a podcast. And kind of what you expected was him to be like, oh, gee, shucks, golly. It's such a bummer to have lost. And I've got to rebuild and, you know, all the typical things people say. And instead he comes on the show, man, this guy's positive as you could be. He said, oh yeah, you know, what's interesting about failure is it's an event. It's not an identity. It's an event. It's not an identity. So if you're, if you don't, if you're not the man in the arena or the woman in the arena and you're not taking risks, you're never going to achieve anything special in this life. So that's number one. And when you start taking risks, guess what part of risk is? you're going to fail. I mean, you know, maybe Floyd Mayweather, right? He's, he's the only undefeated box, but, or, but I guarantee he lost in the amateurs. I mean, he's lost, he's lost sparring matches. I guarantee it. He's been, had his ass handed to him in the, in the ring sparring at some point in his career. So everybody fails and, and, and it's about, you know, getting back up and overcoming one thing that's interesting and, and nobody ever points this out. It's okay to have those periods of sadness and being downtrodden. I read a book called Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album, And um, it was a beautiful book. If you haven't read this book, and you want something that's fairly light, it's an easy read. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a, you know, New York Times bestseller. Mitch Album was a sports, he is a sports reporter journalist. And he had a fame, his favorite high, or excuse me, his favorite college professor was name, name was Maury. And he, he went back to Maury to get some mentoring in his, in his career as he was launching his career post-college. And he found out that his teacher had ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. So it's a, it's a deteriorating disease and, and everybody dies from ALS. It's, it's terrible disease. Um, Augie, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Augie, the owner of Life Fitness, which is a very popular fitness brand. Um, he recently passed away of ALS and it's a terrible disease. It's debilitating. Anyhow, Mitch goes over to this guy's house every Tuesday for like mentoring lessons. And one day he, he asked Maury, he says, Maury, I don't understand something. And Maury says, what's, what don't you understand? He says, every time I see you on Tuesday, you're so positive. You're so upbeat. You, you got this amazing energy about you. And yet here you're faced with this, you know, de- deteriorating disease. And Maury looks at him dead in the eyes and he says, man, you didn't see me an hour ago. And Mitch said, what do you mean? He says, oh, an hour ago, I was crying buckets. I woke up. I had a rough night. I couldn't sleep. I woke up. I was in pain. I, I felt my heart racing. I had a hard time breathing. And, and I just started to cry. I, I cried for five minutes. I cried for 10 minutes. I cried for 15 minutes straight. And then after I cried, I kind of opened up my blinds. And the crowds, clouds were drifting across the horizon. Birds were chirping and f- fluttering around. And the leaves were kind of dancing in the wind. I took a deep breath and that was it. I was back. And so the point is, and I think it's a beautiful story because it's okay to have 
a moment and feel the emotion that you're feeling. And when I got let go from TRX, man, I had, it was two weeks that I, it was hard getting out of bed. I'm like, you know, and you keep thinking we're so narcissistic, right? We, we think it's us, it's us, it's me. But when you're in business and this is a great, you know, vignette for anybody that's an entrepreneur or in business out there, you can't take things personally. There's business and there's, you know, interpersonal relationships. And once you're in business uh, for yourself or with others, Man, business is, is cutthroat. It's, I mean, look at the the NBA or the NFL or, you know, there's guys, there was a guy in the Nuggets that played this year. I think it was brown or green. Anyhow, the Nuggets won the NBA title this year. And there was a guy that had played with 11 teams in his 10-year career. Can you imagine? Every year you're going to it's, Atlanta it's and then Denver and then Chicago. I mean, I mean, so you're, these guys get let go. They, they, they fail every year. And then he ends up with an NBA championship. So, you know, keep going, um, have your moment, cry it out. And then you got to buckle up your bootstraps, pin your ears back, freaking pound your chest and go get after it. You know, I almost didn't have you in the podcast because I saw that you posted about the Nuggets winning the championship. I was very upset about that. And uh, (laughs) Mike Malone, like very rarely do, uh, you know, I I try to keep it – I never try to publicly slander anyone, but like Mike Malone, like irritated me to a, a level that like I had to, I had to post that he was like the biggest clown in the NBA. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy and he's playing the game. Like, I'll tell you what, I, I had not seen a coach publicly call out like the way he, he went after D'Angelo Russell in a way that it was, it was personal and it, it worked. D'Angelo Russell got, uh, got played off the court and the Lakers basically Without him, there, there's no way they could have beat the Nuggets. He was the X factor in the series. Uh, so congratulations. Pissed <laughs> about it. Uh, Mike Malone can eat me out, and no, I'm joking. Mike Malone, you're a great guy. Congratulations, but we're, we'll never be friends. But um, you, you're a Nuggets fan, and you mentioned just the journeyman. Uh, I think you were talking about Jeff Green. Jeff Green's been all Green, over yeah. the place. We'll call him Uncle Jeff because he is like 38. Um, he won. He won with uh, LeBron uh, in the Cavs. Um, or I don't know if it was his first, but he was he was in the finals before with LeBron when he was on the Cavs. But a lot of that is just like business, right? These guys, they're all elite athletes, but they have to get into the right system unless they're a superstar. Because if, if you right. build a team around this guy or this woman, um, yeah, everything's great. But if, if you're, unless you're that one or two guy, the top guy, you have to fill in a role. And sometimes your skill sets will not fit the role that's required for that team. And they get, you just bounce around and all of a sudden people are looking for someone just like you. You just got to keep showing up. You got to keep finding a way to, to, to stay relevant. And um, you know, that, that, uh, and, and the nuggets really uh, I'll give it to them. They, they, they did exactly what they needed to do this year. You know, they, they came in rested. They came in focused. Uh, are you, and you're based in Denver, right? I'm based in Denver. Yeah. And, and so yeah, I mean, it's really interesting that you bring that up because just a side vignette, I'm giving a session, a lecture next week at a, a seminar called Idea Fit, or excuse me, Idea Fit World. And it's a, it's for personal trainers and athletic trainers. Um, and anyhow, it's on the psychology of winning. And one of the examples I use in there is building your team. And you've got to build a team around you. It doesn't have to be rock stars. And what you're saying is, it, my example is exactly that. It's the Lakers of 2004. So I don't know if you remember the 2004 Lakers, but it was Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. And then they said, okay, we need to make a dream team, a super team. And they recruited 
uh, Carl Malone. Um, they recruited uh, Gary Payton to that team. And all of a sudden it was like, are you kidding me? The glove and, and one of the best power forwards in the, in the history of the NBA, they're going to dominate everybody. Well, guess who won that year? It was the Detroit Pistons. And I bet you couldn't name one person on the 2004 Detroit Pistons. I could barely name them. I knew Chauncey Billups because he grew up in Denver and went to Thomas Jefferson High School. But everybody else, Rip Hamilton and Tyshawn Prince and Ben Wallace and Rashid Wallace, most people don't know these people from Adam, but they won the championship. So when you're building your team, whether it's in business or, or gosh, even your interpersonal relation, you don't have to get rock star people, but you have to get the right symbiosis uh, to to have a winning team, and the Nuggets did that this year. And that that 2004 Pistons seemed like th- those were game, NBA games where like they were 60, 70 point games. Oh, they were defensive team, no doubt. Oh yeah, no, I mean it was like, but but it it, it was perfect roles, mm-hmm. a perfect synergy, and the effort and the motor of that team was off the charts. Where basically the, the starting lineup was Hall of Famers on the Lakers and. Yep. Uh, they 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 were shook. They were just shook by the sheer effort and the synergy and the com- camaraderie and rapport of the group. So um, great you know, it, it's a great that's a great period uh, of the NBA too. And again, you also saw like you, the, the talent. I mean, Kobe and Shaq, arguably the, the 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 best duo of all time. But Shaq wasn't the type of guy that uh, I believe that was the season where he he actually used the beginning of the season to get a surgery and came in out of shape. And, you know, so his work ethic and his lack of conditioning was exposed against a a really hungry team. And and when you talked about, you know, because I went through a similar process to it as you leave uh, what you think is the pinnacle or height of your career. um, There's like this weird, like evolution of emotion where like, initially it's like, fuck them. I'm going to use the energy and I'm just going to bury them. I'm going to become better than them. And then ultimately you're like, well, I can't because, you know, it's either not my time or I don't have the resources. And frankly, I don't have the experience Mm. yet. I mean, this is, this is part of what's going to get me ready for the next opportunity. This current failure, this current setback or obstacle is just going to set me up. This test sets you up for the next test. And, you know, along the way I, I did, I did a podcast recently where I talked about like six lessons in the six years since leaving men's health, about a month ago or so, I, I, I bought a men's health magazine for the first time since, like, I blocked them on all social outlets. <laughs> I haven't seen or heard anything from them. And I, I walked by the magazine stand and I looked at it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this today. And, you know, because the reality is we did, when we did work together, we did great work together. Uh, it didn't work out. And, and they're still in the game and so am I. And they still do things the way they've always done them in a way that speaks to the average fitness consumer in terms of the language and Mm -hmm. uh, what attracts them to fitness in a way that, you know, we can all learn from and the way we market. But um, what I'm trying to say is basically it took six years. Like they, (laughs) they, I mean, Pete, the level of hate, because again, I'm an athlete like you, man, like uh, I go Terminator mode. Like the thing about being driven by hate is you you run it's 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 fuel right but you run out of it and when you run out of it and you don't have a foundation of like actually wanting to do this wanting to make it bigger than you um and then the energy is gone and you have no motivation to do anything yeah so then you have to basically but but it is a gift because if if things don't get too hard or difficult for you you'll never make the changes you need because it's easy just to keep going with the status quo. And like, so basically what I'm trying to say is 
had you not been struck down in that manner, there's no way you would have had the motivation or the need to restart or evolve or grow. Uh, And that's the stuff you have to remind yourself in the moment, because in the moment it's hell, it's pain, it's over, you know, and and, uh, you you really have to have, if you don't have mentors around you that can help you get through that. And and a lot of times too, self-starters or people like you that are so intrinsically motivated, you want to go through it on your own. And it's a very like isolating, sad, depressing, lonely journey. Um, but you got through it. So, I mean, I just, people listening, uh, man, it's, it's tough. And again, you made this, like you literally made this, it's your baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's funny though, BJ, because to simplify what we've both been saying is if, if anybody listening goes back in their life and looks at any accomplishment they've ever made, anything that was powerful, whether it was having their first child, uh, getting their first job promotion, um, racing in their first Spartan race, whatever it is. Um, for me, it was, you know, graduating out of graduate school in physical therapy, getting selected as a U.S. national Taekwondo teammate and, and team captain, um, launching my first fitness product. That was preceded by numerous fail- failures. And that's the only way. In fact, my first product was a complete flop. It was called the functional training rack. That was the first product. Nobody even knows about it because it was a flop. <laughs> but I, it was like a masterclass in what not to do in business and sales and marketing and shipping and kidding and fulfillment and website design and trade show applications. And I learned everything kind of what not to do. And I, there were some positive learnings as well. And then my next product was the TRX Rip Trainer, which you can find on six continents out of seven in the world. So, you know, you, you just simply put, you can't get anywhere without failing. So put it in perspective, keep going and get after it. I take it uh, they're not doing the, the rip trainer in Antarctica. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, the polar bears. Hey, it's coming. You never know. You never. I mean, can you imagine like a golf course on glaciers? <laughs> yeah, some high, that'd be some high risk golfing. I'd love to see it. Yeah, the Saudis will come up with that. Believe me. Well, let's talk a little bit about golf now, because you know, again, like uh, what's crazy is we we recently uh, kind of mid pandemic we uh we moved from la closer to the la area and we bought a home in palm springs here which is like one of the golf capitals of the world we actually live on a, on a there's a, I, my daily walk i'm on a fucking golf course and i see these guys all day golfing i'm like where do these motherfuckers get the time but you know what maybe maybe i i i won't have the time in my 40s but maybe hopefully in the 50s when i can maybe back off a little bit uh, maybe i'll take up golf um because again, I see it. I, I think it's a beautiful game in the sense that um, you can really get out there in the elements and whether you're with someone uh, or a group of people that it's just like a social thing. It's fun. A hangout while you're being active, getting some sun. Uh, maybe you're not, maybe you're walking the whole time and not using the golf cart, but I do love the golf cart. I actually, my, I, I have it on my bucket list to get us a golf cart because we can, we can actually move around here in the, in the town on a golf cart on even the streets. But um you know, it's a, it's a humbling game though. You know, it's a game where uh, great athletes can be humbled from the skill aspect of it, the finesse aspect of it, uh, the lack of the mobility and the touch, the touch required, especially in the short game. Um, So, you know, talk to me about like, uh, you know, some people listening, some general golf training tips, not necessarily how to golf, but like what to do to get the most out of your golf game, help you get out of pain and, Obviously, the the golf swing trainer is a big part of that because you're actually working on 
these unique rotational movements and patterns that can help you prep for the golf course. Right. Well, we, we were talking offline, BJ, about the dynamic nature of the golf swing. And so if you, if you want to see something beautiful, uh, Google Callaway Rory McIlroy drive, and you, it'll be a slow motion of Rory hitting a driver off the tee. And I mean, it is when you watch it in slow motion, you're like, oh, good God, this is the most violent, you know, physically difficult skill and power and balance and, and speed um, technique you've ever seen. It's almost like a knockout punch in boxing or, or a home run in baseball. I mean, it's every muscle in the body and, and an orchestrated synchronicity of movement. And in order to do that, you got to be very athletic. Well, guess what? Typically, golfers don't train to be athletes. They don't work on balance. They don't work on mobility. They don't work on core strength and, and, and fluidity and posture and alignment and stacking the joints. And all these things are critical in the golf swing. I mean, every golf pro uh, talks about the address position and your posture when you go to address the ball. And what I love about that is it's it's also called the universal athletic position in strength and conditioning. So if you look at a tennis player, Wimbledon's on right now. If you look at a tennis player getting ready to receive a, a tennis ball, they're in this athletic, universal athletic position, right? Kind of wide feet, low base of support, head and chest up, shoulders down and back, hands in a ready position. Golf is the same way. A football linebacker, ready position, a volleyball player universal athletic position. In order to get in that position, you got to have mobility, you got to have balance, and you got to have some core strength. And so that's what we do in a Golf Forever um, app and, and using the swing trainers. We work on those things, uh, balance, mobility. And then, of course, once you have some core strength and balance and mobility, guess what? Now you can start moving with speed. And once you start moving with speed, you increase your club head velocity and when you increase your club head velocity, you can start bombing them off the tee, which, by the way, is what everybody wants to do. They could care less about kinetic chain integration and mobility and all this BS. They just want to bomb it off the tee. But it's a process. you got to train like an athlete. So what I do at Golf Forever is I'm not going to sit here and fix your swing, but I'm going to give you all the athletic um, character traits, characteristics to help you hit the ball with fluidity and with power. And then you go to your, your pro and the pro says, hey, I want you to get a little deeper in your backswing. And guess what? Because we've been working on thoracic spine and hip mobility, you can get deeper into your backswing. And then the pro says, well, now hold it there for a second. Well, because we've been working on posture and strength at the end range, now you can hold it at the end range. And then you've got all that stored up elastic kinetic potential energy. And man, you unleash that. And now you've got a beautiful fluid swing, which is what everybody wants. You know what I loved it too when you when you were initially showing some of the moves on the uh, original TRX uh, rip trainer and now the golf swing trainer is again all the the proper principles of training are baked into the equipment and, and again like all equipment that does well by the way it, it they build it yes it has to work it has to be a great product but they have education tied around it and or culture right. ideally culture makes it to the next level right but <clears throat> one of the things that you were all about was okay let's you got to be able to hold these positions before we can add movement to it, right? So an isometric focus, uh, basically standing planks. I mean, that, that's really what it is. It's getting the, the, it gives you the ability to plank with asymmetrical loads, uh, you know, from a variety of angles that multi-plane or three-dimensional stability. Then you can add, but still slow. Like even when you were starting, slow, right? Because right. slow is fast. 
once you can do a movement slowly, and, and that's what's so great about, and I feel like your martial arts background has helped you with that, whether it's the wax on wax off approach, but <laughs> and I, I use this with boxing too. Like I would just start like at 10% speed and I would just focus on taking perfect pictures and just feeling the whole range of motion. And it particularly got even better in the pool uh, because mm-hmm. a fluid environment promotes fluidity. And, but uh, initially when I was trying to learn boxing or, and I actually used to, I did some golfing back in the day, pretty much when Tiger Woods broke out, like everyone wanted to like go to the <laughs> right. course. And then fucking happy Gilmore. And I was trying to like, you know, and I could crush it occasionally, but I would mostly miss or shoot it off to the side. But anyway, um, people want to go fast. They want to go sexy, but they don't have the mobility, stability, or control to do it. And it takes, you got to put the ego to the side, just like you had to do with your business to restart. Just like I had to do when I left men's health and, and, and you have to go at ground zero and literally be a baby about it. And, and I've always looked at movement, like your brain is just taking pictures of how you're moving. So if you're taking shitty pictures, you want to turn that into video, it's going to be even worse, right? And it, it, it's all about the, the start and the finish positions, owning that. And again, the rip trainer just allows you to do that on your feet uh, to a very functional carryover to these, you know, golf, tennis, pickleball, uh, you know, whatever you're doing um, that requires a lot of rotation, pivoting feet, rotating hips, combat sports, right? So I feel right. like... Uh, Again, like this is an example of where your unique blend of skills and, and backgrounds, taekwondo, an athlete, you know, you, I'm sure you did all the sports growing up. You just strike me as that type of dude. Um, but it, it, pivoting feet, rotating hips, man, like that, that's, that's the name of the game with, with boxing, with golfing, with, with tennis. Like you've got to be able to do it and be able to move not through your lumbar spine, your lower back. And that's tough if you try to go fast and you don't have the stability and control to do it. Well, what I love what you're saying, BJ, is you're talking about your software, right? Your, your neurology, your central nervous system. So traditionally what people do to get healthy and fit, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with this, is they, they, you know, they grab free weights and they do bicep curls and they do squats and they do lunges and they do pushes and they do pulls and they do all these hinging patterns. These are amazing foundational movements that we all should do at some point. But at some point also... When you move as an athlete, whether it's a tennis player, a golfer, whether you're skiing or even just doing yard work around the house, you're moving in three dimensional space. And there's a there's a level of motor control that that creates um, kind of a skill set. And when you have a greater skill, when you have when you can do things when you're out of balance, when you can do things when you're asymmetrically uh, loaded, like the, the golf forever swing trainer does symmetrical loading is, let's say you grab two weights and you're doing a bicep curl with both hands, right? You're loaded evenly from left and right side. When you grab a bar that's loaded on one side with the elastic resistance cord, and you kind of push or pull that, you're loaded from one side of the body. It's as if somebody was kind of pushing you on the shoulder as you're doing an exercise. Well, guess what? Now all your core muscles and your stabilizers around your pelvic girdle have to contract and around your torso, the internal and the external obliques and the transverse abdominis and the rectus abdominis and all the, the, the rotators in the deep in the hip sockets. And that's where you start to go, oh, you know, there's more to controlling my movement than just moving in straight linear planes. And now some people get carried away with this and every single exercise they do in the gym has to do with some weird, you know, I'm on a BOSU ball, I'm rotating, I'm balancing. It's overkill. But at some point, you got to integrate some movement patterns 
and you got to have this balance challenge. And by the way, golfers, you mentioned this earlier, which I love because you're, you could have been a, an amazing physical therapist. You have the mindset to do that. You said, what I love about the swing trainer or the rip trainer is that you got to do left and right sides because we got to balance the body out and golfers always swing from their orthodox side. And then they go to Dick Sporting Goods and they buy a golf widget that has them swing even faster from their orthodox side. And guess what? That's a recipe for disaster. That's a ticking Tom bomb for your low back because you develop asymmetries in your muscle strength. And as a physical therapist, the very first thing we look at in the clinic is, are your muscles balanced from left to right? If they're not, we got to correct that because otherwise you're going to have dysfunction and pain and, and, and injury. So, you know, I, I love the idea of neurology and some of the greatest strength coaches of all time. And even guys like Bruce Lee, they, they talk about the, the neurology. It's not, you know, Bruce Lee wasn't a big, strong, imposing, you know, persona. He, he was 145 pounds, but he could kick the crap out of a 220 pound man because he, he, he was like a cobra. Right. And he said, you, you got to be relaxed. If you want to move with speed and power, you actually have to relax your muscles to move fast. And then there's a pulse and you get that thing in motion and then it's complete and utter relaxation. Relaxation, And at the last possible second, this is called effective mass, at the last possible second, you clench your fist and you irradiate force up and down that kinetic chain for to create an effective mass impact. And that's a synchronicity of muscle activation. That's not like doing bicep curls. You don't learn that doing squats and bench press. You got to do some some trickier exercises and this golf forever swing trainer is is great by the way you can use medicine balls there's other modalities i'm not saying mine's the only one but you gotta connect the dots and and get that coiled rotational energy going with a fine balance of muscle activation and relaxation and that's why the best athletes in the world you watch them dance you watch them dunk a basketball you watch them hit a tennis ball whatever it is a golf swing and they look like they're, it's effortless, but then you watch it in slow motion. You're like, wow, that actually was a lot of power. It just made, they made it look like they weren't doing anything. I want to add to that a couple of things. You know, you see this in all strikes, whether it be striking with a stick or hands or feet, the best strikers, there's a snap. Mm. There's a snap at the end. The, the golf swing you're talking about, like with Rory, yeah. I mean, you can see with Rory Tiger, some of these big hitters, uh, it comes through and then right at the end, it just snaps. It's not a swing. It's a snap. Yeah. And uh, the level of control and just the, how much elastic energy and kinetic energy they store up. Um, it, 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 it's remarkable. And to your point too, on the, on the one sided nature of it, when I first started to box um, and this isn't a knock to my boxing coach, it's just that he was taught by his Olympic level coach. Don't waste your time and the other stance because it's going to take time away from you getting mm-hmm. good at your, at your, your main stance, but I did develop um, a hip imbalance that I've been fixing for a couple of years because of that, that led to some low back pain. So the way we program our boxing workouts, they do at least uh, like if it's a three minute round, it's 90 seconds, orthodox, 90 seconds, Southpaw. And actually I recommend outside of it, like on off day practice, not necessarily exclusively Southpaw. If, if you're, if you're orthodox and vice versa, basically going using your weak stance at least two to three times as much, just like we talk about, like, you've been bench pressing your whole life. You've never done a row. They say two to three right. times row for every set of, of chest press, right? Um, I think that's an important thing to consider when, when, when for your uh, like 
outside of golf training, uh, if you're always going to be in that stance, and, and maybe even considering some practice shots, not that you're ever trying to become as competent uh, with that, that swing, because being ambidextrous in golf isn't like being ambidextrous on the basketball court or, you know, boxing. It doesn't really apply because these are one-time efforts. You right. know, it's not a continuous play format. But um, it makes such a difference. And oftentimes, too, if I'm trying to learn something new, a new combination, when I start on my southpaw, southpaw stance, if I get into my southpaw stance, I don't even need to do it in my orthodox stance because that I'm so neurological, we're so hardwired through our strong side. Right. So not only is it going to help you uh, work out that imbalance, but it's, there's an automatic carryover to what is already your strong side. So it's just something to consider too. And uh, you know, what's interesting as well, you talked about like, uh, well, you can use med balls too. Like to me, the, of our home workout programs, at the daily BJ app, like we body weight is the foundation. That's how I approach fitness. I, mm-hmm. I believe it's a body weight foundation. And then these tools are used to enhance your body weight. I think fitness started the other way around. It's like master the lifts and then you can do body weight accessory stuff, which is so ass backwards, right. but that's another podcast. But what we used to round out the body weight training are, you know, dumbbell slash kettlebell, because, you know, you do want to build some resilience with dead weight in a vertical gravity format, but bands and in, in, um, med balls allow the horizontal rotational vectors. And what's so great about the bands is that it is a type of resistance that le- that that builds with the way your muscles work, which is they stretch and they explode, they load and explode, and the tension is uh, increasing as it stretches. So it really does help uh, with what the chopping, lifting type of things, whether it's punching, golf swing, uh, a racket. Um, so again, you're, I'm telling you right now, like people listening, this tool, it, if it if it's if it's even better now than it was, which it seems like it is. Uh, I mean. It, it's it's an amazing tool. It's great for metabolic conditioning workouts, circuits, full body workouts. But athletically, this is the only way we can train this stuff on land. These unique angles and force right. factors, uh, unless we go into the water. Yeah, and and what's cool is, so me, I used to do tons of medicine ball work. The problem with medicine balls is number one, you got to have different weights medicine balls. So you now you have to have this whole milieu of medicine balls depending on what you're doing. Is it overhead throw? Is it a rotational throw? And also you have to have a wall. And sometimes if you have a wall, there might be somebody living on the other side of the wall or, you know, cohabitating. They're trying to do office work. So it's just a very unique environment for medicine ball slams. The elastic resistance on the Golf Forever swing trainer, you can hook it up anywhere. You can hook it up to a door anchor or to a, a squat rack in your garage gym. And it gives you that transverse plane rotational um power development. And you can do it anywhere. You can do it on a golf cart, do it on a on a tree outside. Um, but yeah, there's something very unique for those folks that have not used a lot of rubberized elastic resistance tubing. And I know you program this stuff, BJ. It is tremendously valuable. It's You're going to feel your body activate and balance unlike you've never felt before. And it also kind of unloads the joints because, you know, as you start at the start, beginning range of motion, there's less resistance because the, the bands aren't stretched out. So, but as you stretch them out there, there's an increasing kind of strength curve. And so now you have to kind of overcome that tension by accelerating through the end range. And then at the end range, you got to control it because otherwise it's going to just come snapping back. So now there's kind of a more eccentric focused component to that. And there's famous strength coaches like Cal Dietz that talks, talks about triphasic training and how eccentrics are very important. Well, this is a way you can train eccentrically on your own. Um, without having a spotter. So 
there's just a lot of value in this asymmetrical bar training or elastic resistance training. And, and I hope people kind of at least explore it and try it a few times and see what they think. Yeah, no, again, one of the things too, and I'm sure this is in the programming is not only be able to get to your end range swing, but with, with the, the golf swing trainer, you can actually hold it at end range at peak tension and just connect the feet through the whole body and then feel yes. that. Are you locked in? Do you feel any pain in your back? Are you stabilizing and holding that? Cause again, you've got to be able to load before you can explode. And, and like you said, a lot of injuries are happening. Uh, oftentimes you're in the eccentric phase though. Obviously you can, if you've got so much power and no control and you over rotate, you can definitely injure yourself on the explosive concentric phase as well. And that's, Correct. that's probably what's happening a lot. You see a lot of recreational golfers and then you just see how they're just snapping over through their lower back um, and, and maybe generating a lot of power. But again, like it's, this is not a sustainable swing, right? And that, right. that's what a tool like this can really teach you is how to build a sustainable swing. Right. And not, not to belabor this, um, but it's very important. There's a, there's kind of a, a move in strength and conditioning. I'm not sure if you folks are familiar with FRC, but it's functional range conditioning, uh, Dr. Dr. Andrew Spinney. And he talks about having strength through mobility. In other words, a lot of people stretch out, right? And they, Hey, I got a good loose mobile joint, but do you have strength at the end range? at both end ranges. And that's extremely important. So imagine a baseball player, you know, he, he, he's got this big open external rotation arm swing back to cock his shoulder to throw a 98 mile an hour fastball, but he's better have strength back there. Otherwise he's going to rip his ulnar collateral ligament. He's going to rip his rotator cuff muscles apart. He's going to tear his shoulder up. So that's an extreme example, but golfers, especially they need not just to stretch out, they need to strengthen throughout that range of motion. And again, this asymmetrical bar training device, the swing trainer from Golf Forever helps you strengthen throughout the entire range of motion. So now you're you're kind of bulletproofing your body, your hips and your shoulders and your thoracic spine. And then um, that's also, by the way, neurologically, when you're stretched out and when you're strong, neurologically, you, you kind of can open up a little bit, right? You can throttle up. If you're not mobile and if you're not strong, your central nervous system detects that. And it says, hey, man, you know, and there's a governor, there's a self-governor that says better slow down with your swing. Even if mentally you're like, I want to bomb this, your body just won't open up. And I'm sure you've experienced this as you started boxing more and more, got more familiar with the movement patterns, got more stretched out, got your muscles supple and elastic. And all of a sudden, your techniques is the exact same, but now all of a sudden you're hitting with more power um, and nothing's really changed except your, your central nervous system now understands how to dynamically create that force. And that's when you can become very athletic with your golf swing or anything else you do in life. And, and you're also learning how to drive it through your feet, not your arms and hands, which is the first instinct we have when, when anytime we're using our hands to hit or swing um, look guys, whether you are in a rotational sport or not, if you're looking for the best core workout on your feet, you're not going to find a better option than, uh, the golf swing trainer. It's, it's, it's essentially, like you said, a dowel with the band, you can train one side at a time. And, uh, again, metabolic conditioning, all that stuff. We're going to pop a link in the show notes. Make sure you guys check this out. It's, uh, I, I wish more people had it because then I could actually design fun, innovative workouts around it within our membership site, but it's probably something that we're going to maybe add as. Uh, something additional down the road too, because again, like it just unlocks a whole new database of movements uh, for people really trying to go to the next level. Now I want to kind of 
take this to the to the standpoint of some water stuff. You know, we, we both mm. uh, I know you, you're a big a fan of water training, too. And this company, Hydro Revolution, actually makes a, a swing trainer in the water um, where you can actually work on, you know, but but it, it, it's not uh, it takes a lot of technique because if you're if you're like hitting the water and then trying to come through the water again, it actually can be very tough on, on the low back. And, okay. but anyway, um, what, what type of uh, water applications or what type of stuff in the water do you do? Uh, those, whether it be golfing, MMA, like what type of applications you see in the water? You know, so for, for water stuff, I mean, I think the best thing about water is the unloading. So what's happened over the last decade, and, and I'm not blaming this on CrossFit. It just seems like, there's a huge um, emphasis on strength gains, um, power lifting, uh, Olympic lifting, heavy weights. How much can you, you know, it used to be how much can you bench back in the you know, 80s and when we came up, BJ. But now it's like, how much do you deadlift? How much can you squat? And I guess how much can you bench? And these are all great movement patterns. Again, I love power lifting. I, I came up doing it. But man, it's hard on your joints. You know, you start a deadlift program and you're doing that once a week, twice a week for a consistent period of time and you're starting to increase your weights at some point you got to give your body a break and there's nothing better than to get in a fluid environment unload the joints and go through movement patterns as a physical therapist every single injury i have whether it's a shoulder low back hip ankle knee as soon as they you know maybe it was a surgical procedure so you got to wait till the the surgical incision site heals up but as soon as they can go in the water guess what i got them in the water and it, it's, again, it's a central nervous system kind of hack where when you're in the water, you're buoyant, right? So you feel light and you feel kind of loose and quick and you're, you're, there's no impact on your joints. So all of a sudden your central nervous system can kind of relax and go, hey, even though I had a meniscus tear three months ago, I feel like I can move side to side a little bit in the water because it slows me down. There's resistance, but it's controlled. I feel like I can drive my knee up a little bit because I know it's not going to overextend and, and have to decelerate rapidly. And so I use it 1000% for rehab of all, all types throughout the body. But I think just generally speaking, it's a great kind of adjunct workout. You know, maybe it's a Saturday or Sunday. You've done some hard lifting throughout the week. You've done some, some body weight training with, you know, planks and, and pushes and pulls and things of that nature. And you just get in the pool I think the other thing is that every time I get in the pool and swim laps or move around, I just feel like I'm smiling. Like my whole body's smiling. Like it's, you know, and that might sound silly, but man, once you're in your fifties and you've been training literally for your entire life uh, to, to get out of a gym environment, to do something different to, you know, I was up in Aspen and we had saline uh, saltwater pools up there in Snowmass, and you're up your, the, the mountains are out there. There's red tail hawks flying around, you know, you're doing laps, you're, there's other people, there's kids laughing and playing. And it's just, I think psychologically, it's a very nice break from going into a, a big box gym or, or even your basement or garage and, and getting a workout in. So, I mean, that's how usually how I use it. I don't necessarily program it per se, but man, every time I can get in the pool or get my clients or athletes in the pool, I do it. Well, again, it's tough to program for because people have limited access to it. Unfortunately, like, I wish there were, there were better uh, public facilities and, you know, so, but a lot of higher end gyms now have a pool access. Um, and really if there's a couple of things outside of just the fact that it's one of the only, it's the only real medium that can support 
assist and resist the human body. Mm. The, the, you, like you said, it supports you. You can do a, it unloads you, but it resists. You can create resistance through the entire range of motion of every possible movement pattern. Um, but gravity is punishing, man. It, it, it punishes even more as we get older. And when you just get it, the moment you get in the water, it, it goes away to the point where you do feel like there's a youthful energy that comes back to your body. And again, like you can play and explore and discover in a way that is difficult on land because there's just such a risk on land with the impact forces. But when the, when the impact forces go away and you can like feel explosive and you can feel bouncy. And um, like I said, I, I strength training makes you stiff. This is what they, you know, I mean, it's just a fact, like you, you can do it. Um, you can do it, you know, to the best of your ability, but it's going to make you stiff, but getting in the water just forces you to really feel the movement slowly first, then going with, with some speed. So, um, you know, it just, I, I'm such a big advocate of taking the time or especially during the summer. Now, like we just did a, a hmm. episode on pool training, water workouts, uh, not a couple episodes ago at the time of this one. So be sure to check it out. I'm going to be sharing some, uh, pool workouts and exercises too, exclusively on the, the TDBJ app coming up for members. So pay attention for that. But I mean, I, I get some of the best, I got the best arm workout of my life in the pool, just going for, <laughs> going for time with uh, some water bells and then feeling the drag resistance. Uh, you get, you get an instantly like the best breathing workout there is in the water because of the compression on the diaphragm and the fact that in a lot of these positions, you, if you don't focus on your breath, you're going to swallow water or it's going to come up the nose. Right. So it just gives me like an instant level of focus. Um, and again, like as, a, as an aging athlete, uh, I can go in there and by the way, like you can't overdo it either because it does allow for such unique, uh, fast contractions. Like, so if you're not used to it, like, uh, I, I, I swelled up my knee one time in there working on some stuff. I, I overdid it on rotation for my lower back. So you can, you got to respect the water, but as long as you're not a total fucking idiot like me that goes in there <laughs> trying to go hardcore right away, um, it really can allow you to unlock some things and or be a complimentary off day recovery workout. Or if you have the ability to go land and see simultaneously, it's built in warm up cool down hmm. to, to land training. So again, like, uh, and again, you, you can, you, with your body weight, you can actually work your swing at uh, around shoulder level water with your feet down and just, just work and feel the pivoting feet rotational action of it. And then, uh, you know, start slow, build up the speed to it. So uh, I'm a big advocate of, of, of finding a way to get in the water too. So uh, talk to me about, well, we've got another equipment that you, you invented, by the way, which is, and, and it, it's the, the gym I go to uh, maybe once a week, it's there. The glute drive, the Nautilus glute drive, it's there. Oh, awesome. And, uh, there's always someone thrusting their hips and trying to grow those glutes, man. <laughs> this is like a staple now in all gyms, and you've got your own version of it. And of all the ones I've used, by the way, um, I haven't used a, a new version of it since I used yours. But at the time, it was the, the it was the single best hip thrust machine I had used. And hip thrust, by the way, is just a glute bridge or a hip extension uh, where you are your body, your face is upward, or I guess you would be supine. And you're just isolating that exact hip movement with your shoulders elevated in a kind of a bench or a pad. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And then what's cool about the glute drive is that it has an articulating back pad. So typically you kind of float 
your hips in the air and your shoulders are kind of pressing into a horizontal pad that isn't super comfortable and it, it's kind of a weird fulcrum. So I created a, a pad that goes long ways from your sacrum all the way up to your cervical spine. And then it just kind of articulates on a fulcrum and it puts you in this natural hip hinging position. And you just put a seatbelt on basically and load the weights up, release the safety catch, kind of like on a leg sled and you drop and pop, you drop your hips down and thrust back up towards the ceiling. There's a band attachment um, kind of peg. So you can add elastic resistance bands. We talked about how good bands are at the end range of motion to really overload that uh, strength at the end range. And it's just a really cool device that, um, you know, I found a need for, I was training a client actually in the gym. This is by the way, how all my products come to fruition is I just, I'm just trying to solve a problem that pisses me off in the gym. So uh, hip thrust, again, your, your back's on a bench and your feet are in front of you and you just drop your hips down and, and then squeeze your glutes and raise your hips up. So I'm doing this with a client. I've got a dumbbell on his lap and he's an older guy. And, and he says, this is kind of hurting my, my shoulder blades, you know? Of course, my original thought was like, what a pussy. <laughs> but then, I, then you know, professionally, I said, okay, no problem. And so I'm looking around and I saw an Eric's foam pad. And if you don't know what an Eric's foam pad is, it's kind of like a two by two uh, square foot um, kind of blue cushiony thing that sometimes you kneel on when you're doing crunches or something like that. So anyhow, I, I got this pad. I put it behind his shoulders and I said, is that better? And he's like, oh, that's great. And so now he's hip thrusting with the dumbbell on his lap. But I noticed this pad kind of rotating with him as he's thrusting, articulating with him. And I kind of thought to myself, why isn't there a bench that's made just like this? So you could lay on and you could thrust and, and it's comfortable on your back and, you know, supports you and makes it an easy, safe movement pattern. And I started, I went to the shop and went online and looked at patents and started, you know, Frankensteining this machine up with my fabricator. And now, again, we're on six continents you know, I get, I'm on Instagram at glute drive and, you know, we get posts from Serbia and from, you know, Auckland, New Zealand and Ireland and Iceland and all just all over the world uh, that just, it warms my heart because the glutes, although everybody thinks of them as an aesthetic muscle group, which right on whatever, you know, gets you into it. You want to look good in your wedding dress or look good on the beach or fit in a pair of jeans like you did in high school. That's fantastic. But if you think about it from a strength coach or a, a physical therapist perspective, your glutes are the powerhouse of your core. I mean, that's if you want to sit to stand, if you want to ambulate yourself, you, you activate the glutes. If you want to rotate, it, the, the glute max is a, it has an external rotation component and all the muscles and the intrinsic muscles in the hips. Um, even, you know, I mean, Dr. McGill talks about this for sexual function. You know, you're, you're thrusting your hips and pelvis. You've got to have glute activation. So it's just... It's so powerful. And if you look, if you look at your aging population, like take a look at seniors, maybe you go to the mall or something, look at seniors and look at their glutes. The ones that are, have just a flat, non-defined tushka, watch how they move. And then watch somebody that's, you can tell us kind of has an athletic butt and watch how they move and watch what their functional capacity is. And I mean, it is stark. And it, it so if you're not training your glutes, um, and yes, you can get some glute activation through squats. You can get glute activation through RDLs or deadlifts, but man, this hip thrust is so targeted and so focused. And to this day, I've never had a glute pump. Like when I train on the Nautilus glute drive and do, you know, four or five sets, you don't need tons of weight. Everybody, it kind of annoys me. Everybody loads up, you know, plates after plates, after plates. 
put on a plate or two, pause at the end range, do like 15, 20 reps with a one to three second pause at the end range and tell me that's not the best glute pump you've ever had. Low stress on the knees, low stress on the back. Uh, and just, it's a cool, cool movement. So anyhow, I'm very proud of the Nautilus glute drive. You know, the, uh, there's always been a chest day and a leg day, but like now there's officially a glute day. People actually, it's a big hashtag on TikTok, Pete, if you want to take advantage. Seriously, like there's like a, almost a billion people, billion posts related to glute, glutes day on TikTok. Wow. Um, I love it. So, and, and you're, you're part of that now. And, you know, the, I, I look at the glute drive kind of like the sled. The biggest mistake people make with it is they, they try to load it up so much. You can, you can start unweighted because there's some built-in weight to, to both a sled and a glute drive. And when you go light enough, especially if you add the band tension to it, because you get that peak tension and peak contraction, you get, you get what you need, which really is initially a sustained contraction. If you can't learn how to sustain a muscular contraction, you'll never be able to actually build proper strength and power without injury, right? And that's really one of the biggest things that right. happens. Or a leg and muscle group. Um, and it's why a lot of people might notice, you know, bicep growth or chest growth, but they can't get their back growth because uh, they haven't done enough of the stretching component. Like the back needs to get, you need to really, all the muscles, you got to get a good stretch on. But right. if you can't get a sustained contraction, the muscle will never grow. So, and, and muscle needs to grow and activate before you can actually make it super strong and powerful. So, uh, you know, I, like, or you can also do one-legged hip thrust on the glute drive. 100%. And still to this day, like, uh, one-legged hip thrust, the single best glute pump I'll ever get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really cool tool, and uh, it's it's now become a staple in, in most commercial gyms, which I just congratulations, man. Oh, uh, thank you. I, I love it, and I love seeing – you know, my, my mission, my why is just, again, to help people um, activate their health and their wellness and their vitality. And I think when you feel strong and you, and you, you know, look good for you and that everybody's got their own definition. I'm not talking, you know, uh, BJ Gadur on the cover of men's health, but whatever, whatever, if you feel good in your body, when you, when you have that, you have more self-confidence, um, you've got better function in life, you've got better adaptability, you've got better energy and and I love helping people feel that way through product innovation because obviously, you know, I, I'm not an online coach like you. I can't affect people just through Instagram posts and, and things like that. And I can't, how many one-on-ones can you do? But through product innovation, I can have products all over the world, you know, at Equinox and 24-hour fitness and crunch and and lifetime family fitness, and people can be getting healthy and strong and fit through through doing these. Uh, important movement patterns and you're, you're 100% right. People go, our egos are, you know, sometimes the worst drivers of our behavioral patterns, right? So the ego says, I want to load up weights. I want to look strong on doing the glute drive hip thrust motion. And what happens is you start slopping around in your form. You can't pause at the top. And do you feel it in your glutes? Maybe, maybe not when you go lighter and you just focus on technique and form it and pause at the end range and hold one, 1000, squeeze your glutes, come back down, feel the stretch, feel the elongation of the glute max fibers at the bottom range of flexion. And then boom, driving back up concentrically, pausing at the end range, controlling the eccentric. You do that 12, 15, 20 reps. And I mean, all of a sudden now you go to do a deadlift or an RDL or whatever else it is you're doing in the lower body. And you've got those glutes firing. They're popping 
And now you can control your deadlift better. You can get more power. You can get more strength in your squat. And and you've activated those important muscle groups. Um, so, yeah, form is critical, just like any other exercise. And you obviously have a big home workout audience. But if you're just a, a gym goer and you are trying to build your squat and deadlift, man, like um, when I was pushing my deadlift over 500 pounds, like uh, early 30s, I was doing uh, like close to 700 pounds on the hip thrust. And I was doing barbell off like a bench in this gym yeah, setting yeah. because we didn't have this equipment yet. But um, what what it does allow you to do is isolate in a horizontal, right against gravity, just, just yeah. hip extension, which is how you lock out a squat and a deadlift. And like you said, uh, you know, everybody's got a different, you're given what you're given in terms of ass. But <laughs> when the, like, it's one thing to be flat, but if the ass is actually concave in, like you're guaranteed to have back pain. Right. Like you, you can just look and see like this person is going to have, there's no way their hips can support them. They're going to have to go to their lumbar spine to do basic human movements. So, um, you know, it, it is a way to boost your squat and deadlift. I also, especially if you load it up through the hip, it is a much safer movement for the mm. spine than the deadlift or squat. But if you don't have proper breathing, like being able to inhale down and, and support the pelvis and lumbar spine with your, with your breath and then exhale up, like, a more isolated movement lets you better learn breathing mechanics, right? Cause you've got the support feet, head, right. Or upper back. Cause you can actually isolate that and then bring that to uh, movements like squats and deadlifts on your feet. So I, I really recommend taking the time to really learn the inhale into the belly on the descent and a big exhale up. It carries over to all your powerlifting uh, activities too. And, uh, but also, you know, respect the process. You can hurt yourself in the water, you can hurt yourself on a machine if you're going too hard, too fast, too heavy, um, because, uh, you know, that that it is supported through the the hips. And if that pelvis is not moving properly or tilting, turning, so will your lower back. Just a, a heads up to those. That, that's why we're just start start with just the actual machine or even some bands. Right. And by the way, dovetailing on off of that, you I know you program a lot of single leg hip thrust variations at home for people on their couch or on a bench or whatever. And these are very important because we often have asymmetries from left to right. We talked about this in the golf training and pay special attention. If your left side's stronger than the right, you might have to double down on the right, add a set to the end of your three set routine on the right side only until you have, you know, within a 10% strength gradient. Um, that's very important. Don't just do the bilateral exercise like the Nautilus glute drive, but you can also do single leg on there. Um, but work up that, those asymmetries and clean that stuff up. And then you can start adding weight and going heavier. Yeah, man. It, it, it tends to go hand in hand too. Usually the, if you have a, a weak glute, it's also typically the tighter hip flexor, you know, like it, it just, yep. again, so you get the ability to not only build muscle and strength, fix and balances, but also improve that mobility imbalance. That's causing a lot of the hip and back pain in the first place. So, well, um, but that's very interesting because that's a uh, that's a concept in physical therapy called uh, reciprocal inhibition, where you fire one muscle group and the antagonist inherently has to kind of relax. In other words, if you're doing a bicep curl, your tricep kind of has to chill out and relax. Otherwise, you, you won't move anywhere. Well, if you're doing a hip thrust, strengthening and tightening the glutes, guess what has to relax? The hip flexors on the opposite side. That's the antagonistic muscle group. So by default, 
you're you're actually stretching out the hip flexors, which get very tight when we sit and drive our cars and sit at the office all day. So again, um, if those get too tight, they will reciprocally inhibit the glutes. And now you've got a real problem. You've got tightness on the front, weakness on the back. We want to reverse that or invert it and have you know strength on the back and, and looseness on the front or flexibility on the front. And that's why in the single hip thrust, especially when you you know, tuck the, the top leg, you're actually stretching, strengthening the opposing hip flexor while working the other glute on, on that one leg. So that's why I'm such a big fan, like not only for, uh, yes, it's, it's an, I guess you could say it's advanced being on one versus two, but in my mind, it's almost the place to start because yeah. if you go into bilateral training with the imbalance, you're going to keep accelerating the imbalance. So that's it's right. almost best to go with, it's kind of, it's a little counterintuitive, right? Cause it's less stable. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's harder, but that's why with your body weight or, or very lightweight or just bands using the glute drive or just your body weight at home, you can fix the imbalance, make sure both glutes are activating properly. Uh, like you should be able to, if it burns and it typically at rep, it should be burning in the first three to five reps. That's how I know if there's a good neuromuscular connection going on with most exercise, even with light load or body weight. Right. And if it's not, um, it tells you that technique is off and or there's some mobility restrictions or you're going so heavy that you're not able to activate this muscle. So just something to consider trying to grow your butt or just build overall power athleticism, boost your, your, your deadlift, uh, your squat. Also, by the way, also your bench press, because uh, <laughs> it, it, you are actually finishing in what would be the position you'd want to be in on a good bench press where your glutes are engaged and you create a, you know, a slight arc in the back to allow you to get the chest up and, you know, you know how you know how it is when you're trying to squeeze an extra uh, extra hey, twenty five pounds on the bench. Hey, and then and then for those of you that could give a rat's ass about all this science, you just want to look better on the beach. Get your glutes going. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love I love a good ass. That's, <laughs> hey. Uncle Baby's, that's Uncle Baby's thing. I'm not gonna lie. Um, let me ask you. Uh, you know, this as we kind of close this out. What, what are you watching to, listening to, reading right now? Man, um, I'm reading a book called Art of the Impossible by Stephen Kotler. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's on flow state. And so um, it's not like, you know, the, the Tuesdays with Maury is a, kind of a quick, easy read. This is not so much an easy read. It's there's some neurochemistry in there. Um, but for anybody that's trying to do the impossible, which, by the way, for most people, it feels like every friggin day you wake up and you're like, OK, got to do the impossible. I got to raise two kids. I got to go off to work. I got coworkers that piss me off and my boss is up my ass, you know, and just it seems like a nightmare every day but being able to find flow state and there's a lot of practical advice he has in there about you know mindful meditations and environment placing yourself in the right environment maybe putting on the right music um uh, you know doing these ritual ritualistic things that help release serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin and endorphins and all the stuff that helps you get in flow state and then obviously there's a huge rehearsal component in there you know, like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour rule and, and tipping point where, you know, you got to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. But um, so I'm, I'm reading, I'm really enjoying this book, Art of the Impossible, about flow state. Um, I'm, I'm doing daily exercise. Um, I found that I just actually went on a bike ride with my mom this morning, which was really cool because my mom is 84 and I wow. love my mom and bless her heart, but she's starting to have some cognitive decline. And you know, memory loss and things of this nature. And so getting her on a bike at 84, like it, it's, I mean, I'm like 
you know, when your parents taught you how to ride a bike and they had to kind of like run next to you and hold and stabilize the bike. That's like how it started. But now after three sessions, I've got her where she can get on the bike herself, get started herself. I kind of spot her. And then once she's up and running, she's rocking. And it's just, it's like, first of all, connecting with my mom, doing something active. And then her cardiologist, we had a a very important meeting two weeks ago. And this cardiologist who's a badass, normally the doctor comes in, they're fat, they're out of shape. There's, you know, you can smell smoke on them or whatever. This guy looked like he could run up a Himalayan mountain. You know, he's like 60 years old. And he says, he says, Mrs. Holman, you need to, you need to really start doing some consistent exercise. That's what you need to do. And I said, well, what about biking? He said, that's fantastic. So now we're on this kind of biking kick and you know, to see an 84 year old riding a bike down a trail, like that's what I want to be doing in my senior years. So um, I'm not sure that what the point was about that, but just, you know, active aging and what we're doing and what, what you do BJ and for people out there that kind of think only about the aesthetic component, because maybe they're younger or whatever, man, if you're not doing some kind of daily movement, I don't care if it's a 10 minute walk, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass and the quality of your life is going to be significantly diminished. And I think that was my point. So we get done with the ride. I get my mom back. I'm like, I've got to go do a podcast, you know, so I'm kind of in a rush. And she stopped me. She like grabbed me on the arm and she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, son, thank you so much. I mean, it was just like the most genuine, sincere thank you I think I've had in years. And she was just smiling ear to ear and it, I could tell like that one thing we did today, it was like a half an hour ride literally made maybe not her day or entire week. And so it's important to have that stuff as you're aging to, to be able to do that. And it's because she's put some time in um, gardening and riding horses and doing all her other activity throughout her life. So just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. We haven't spoken since, before the pandemic. So I just want to ask you what, what are, you know, uh, quickly, what, what are some lessons for you from, from the last, from whatever the hell this was the last couple of years, man, just resilience, um, innovation. You know, one of the things that, uh, this guy, Stephen Collar talks about in the art of the impossible, he talks about extrinsic versus intrinsic drivers and extrinsic drivers are like, man, I want to drive a fancy car. I want a big house. I want a smoking hot girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the case may be, or I want to make tons of money. And th- those are, those just typically fall flat because there's, there's no meat on the bones. Intrinsic drivers are like curiosity, passion, purpose, autonomy, mastery. And, and when you stack, he talks about stacking drivers. Like some people may be curious but they, they're not passionate about what they're doing, so they kind of fall flat. Um, some people might have some curiosity and passion, but they don't have the mastery gene where they practice and practice and rehearse and, and, and refine their, their whatever it is they're doing. And <laughs> so having these, intrin- these uh, intrinsic drivers, and what I found during COVID is like, at first I was like, oh my gosh, my money, I was a personal trainer and physical therapist up in Aspen. And when COVID hit Aspen, the ski mountains, Aspen Ski Company shut the mountain down. When the ski mountain shuts down in a winter town, vacation town in Aspen, guess what happens to all your clients? They're gone. They're back to Malibu. They're back to Chicago. They're in New York. They're Florida. They're in Europe. And I like within literally two days, my client list went from, you know, having six, eight clients a day to zero. 
And so, of course, the first couple of weeks, I was like sleeping in. I'm like working out for three hours a day. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Finally. Yeah. But then, but after two weeks, I'm like, I got nothing coming in. Yeah. And let me tell you, man, my, my intrinsic drivers kicked in and I started getting curious and, and passionate and, and innovative with like, what can I do? How can I reinvent myself? This is an opportune time for me. Well, I actually have some time to recreate. And it's where I started creating my next product, which by the way, we haven't talked about because it's not launched yet. It'll launch in 2024, the first quarter. Oh, shit. It's called the glute slide, which by the way, BJ, you're getting one. I mean, I'm going to airmail it to you. Uh, it's it's all for the glutes. It's a consumer glute training product, and I'll I'll be I'll have you product test it for me and help and give me some advice on it. But anyhow, it gave me time to research patents, uh, research design, meet with a fabricator, um, you know, start building prototypes. And so for basically a year and a half, I've been locked in a closet building this glute slide, which takes if you've ever created a product or launched a business, you think you just, you know, whip it up in your kitchen. It doesn't work like that. It's like years later. Um, so that's what COVID taught me is like, man, you better, if you're given a gift, which a lot of people think it was a curse, but it's a gift because now you can get into something that you couldn't have formally gotten into. I mean, gosh, online coaching went through the roof. People made a, a fortune doing online coaching, um, through COVID and, and of course, Zoom and all these technologies came out and people learned that, hey, I can work from home and I can reinvent myself and I, I can actually spend some time with my family. So I just doubled down on it and said, this sucks at first because financial, uh, you know, missed opportunities. And then I thought, man, while I'm hit, taking the hit financially, what if I build for the future, for future wealth and actually stimulate my my position overall? Um, so sometimes you got to take a step forward to take two steps back. Or excuse me, take a step backward to take two steps forward. You know what I mean? Dude, look, I mean, you did what winners do, man. <laughs> they suck it up and they they find a way and they focus on controlling what they can. And I I, I knew that it would be the case, but uh, it's I think it's a good way to end the show because mm -hmm. um, whether it be the you know getting fired from TRX or having to you know take take that piece of equipment and and find a way to pivot it and make it for a more uh, targeted audience and in a bigger and better way, like you did with the golf swing trainer now to the, the hip thruster. And then again, I, I was just going to ask you like any new products or equipment <laughs> in the making. So uh, you are welcome on this show. Anytime we should have you back on when it's actually released um, the, the new product, the glute slide. But uh, for those listening, where can they, where would you like people to kind of, uh, find you or learn more about you. We'll pop it into the show notes as well so they can uh, get access to all of it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram at Pete Holman one, the number one. So H-O-L-M-A-N, Pete Holman one. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm not using that much. That's Pete Holman one also. And then you can find me on Facebook at Pete Holman as well. And I always like to end these sessions with some kind of positive note. And it's usually a quote from Bruce Lee. So would you like to hear a Bruce Lee quote? Please, man, that's one of my favorites. I'll, I'll give you my favorite of all time. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless like water. You put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put it into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes that teapot. Now water can flow or water can crash. Be water, my friend. And this, this is a taekwondo champion, by the way, you're listening to. Well, and, and what I love about Bruce Lee is not only was he a badass martial artist, but he really introduced the West 
to Eastern philosophy and culture and made it cool and hip. And he actually kind of helped the East too accept some Western culture and say, hey, the West isn't all that bad. We're not, they're not the enemy. We actually can have kind of a, a commingling of our philosophies and our and our work ethics and create something beautiful. And and he created something beautiful with his art of uh, Jeet Kune Do and his ability to flow and adapt to all life circumstances. So no matter what goes on in your life, man, you got to be able to adapt and flow like water. Because I got him up on the wall for that reason, man. He's, he's my, um, he's one of my all time favorite legends just because of, and again, his, his life was cut so tragically short, but the impact he had and what was it? Thir- uh, early thirties, I believe, yeah. um, you know, the, the credit as the inventor of mar- mixed martial arts, which yep. is maybe the most popular uh, sport in the world right now. Um, and then also just the way he looked at movement, you know, uh, it was just different, man. He was just a different type of cat. Um, and, and it doesn't surprise me that he's been a big influence for you too. If you're listening, man, you got to follow this guy. Like, again, I, I only like to have legit people on this show. And you know, like the, this is, this was a great conversation because, you know, we didn't really have any plans for this conversation. It no. just, Pete knows his shit, man. Pete has decades of experience. He is, he, he bleeds it. Uh, you can just feel the positive energy that comes from this guy. Like what a pleasure it would be to work with you in person. And then he puts that same passion, curiosity and constant innovation uh, into the equipment he makes. So uh, be sure to check out all the links. Again, I, I definitely recommend the golf swing trainer. I've used uh, versions of it and it, it's just, I wish more people had it. I would make more workouts with mm-hmm. it. Um, but you know, I think maybe we'll solve that in the future as well. So, uh, Pete, thanks so much for listening, guys. We gave you more than an hour of our time. It takes a second to take your little shitty index finger, okay? Let's make it a good index finger today and just click five stars. Help us get out there to more good people like you. You want to give us a minute of your time and just give a brief review, like love the episode with BJ and Pete. That's all you have to say, all right? I know you're busy, but it really does help us get out there to more good people like you. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll be back with more guests and more great topics just like this in the future. Love you guys. Peace.